Good morning, greetings to each of you in Jesus' name this morning. It's good to be here to worship again. Recently, in listening to a message, I was challenged in a way about a certain word or a certain concept, I guess you could say, that is very important and very central to Christianity. In fact, it's imperative for each of us as Christians, something we have to have. It's important for us to understand. So what I'm going to speak about this morning is faith. We're told, and don't get too alarmed because you know, the subject of faith is pretty broad. I'll look at it in a little bit of a specific way. But we're told in Hebrews 11, 6, that without faith it is impossible to please Him or to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So, the writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was telling us that we must have faith if we're going to know God, if we're going to seek Him, if we're going to find Him. Faith is essential for us to come to the Lord. And I think that it's essential because if we don't have at least that little seed of faith that God exists and that He cares, we're going to turn our backs on God. We're going to go the other direction. But you know, faith is also essential for us to have in our life and to exercise if we're going to be faithful and if we're going to grow spiritually. We're going to remain true to our commitment to the Lord. And if we have a strong faith, it's going to have a, a definite impact in our life. It's going to show evidence in our life. Because it's going to cause us to pattern our life after God, after His Word, after what His Word tells us to do. It's going to propel us to do the things that we would otherwise avoid and neglect. Because see, faith, and I'm going to say this again later, but faith is believing. Faith is taking action. I want us to consider that. So life is made up. I want to think, think a little bit in some general terms about life. Life is made up of many different experiences. The experiences that we have in life uh, vary in degrees of how notable they are, how much impact that they have on our life. We all have experiences every day that tomorrow we probably don't even think about that we experienced something today. It just didn't have an impact. It didn't change anything in our life. But then we have other experiences that have a much greater impact. There are things that can affect us long term in our life. There are things that might change the direction of our life. And often, 
those things that have the greatest impact on us are things that aren't easy things. The things that have the greatest impact upon our lives often are some of the most difficult things that we experience. So we could say that that somebody that has a lot of difficult experiences in their life has more opportunity for their life to be molded and influenced either for the good or for the bad. But our human nature causes us to gravitate away from difficult and hard things in life. You know, we can illustrate that different ways, but I thought I'd illustrate it this morning by the fact that uh, our society that we live in tends to be way more sedentary or inactive than what is good for the human body. As human beings, we're really good at taking it easy. We're good at avoiding things that call that, that that cause us to exert too much effort. Some of us struggle with that maybe more than others. But as a general rule, we like to avoid hard things. And it's because it's our human nature. It's not because we don't know that a sedentary lifestyle is not good for us. We live in a, in a setting where we have been well instructed that it is important to not sit all the time. You need to get up. You need to move around. You need a certain amount of exercise to remain healthy. But yet, in spite of, of, of all the knowledge of that that we have in our world today, Our society is known for being too sedentary and not active enough. Why? The knowledge is there, but we're failing to act on that knowledge. And I believe that it's simply because as humans, we loathe to do things that make us uncomfortable. So many people that would acknowledge the truth of a sedentary sedentary lifestyle being harmful to their health, fail to make the changes needed to bring about a more healthy lifestyle. We could say that there's knowledge, but they lack the faith to take that knowledge to, or, or to bring that knowledge to a, a reality of action. So that's a, maybe a bad illustration, but it's an illustration from a physical standpoint. And spiritually, I believe it holds well as true, uh, true as well. Uh, our natural tendency spiritually is to do what is easy and to avoid doing what is difficult. There are things that we know that are good for us to do. There's things that we know that if we do them, they'll help us to grow spiritually. That if we do them, it will help us to avoid temptation. 
that if we do them, it will help us to build brotherhood. We know these things, yet we often struggle to, to take the steps to put them into action. We have the knowledge. We don't have the, the faith to put it into action. So I have here in my notes the question, are we lacking in faith? We know these things. But we're struggling to, to put into to action what we know. The head knowledge is not enough. Keep listening. So I believe that faith is crucial for our spiritual growth. Faith is crucial for us to take action and to do what we know that we need to do. So the faith that I'm talking about this morning isn't just some blind faith, a blind belief, but it's a belief that prompts us to take action. So often the word faith is used in a way that is... People use it to describe some nebulous concept that we can't quite get our hands around. Uh, a belief that if we have enough of this elusive faith, then, then we're going to be able to move those mountains of difficulty in our life and everything's going to be easy and the sun's going to shine brighter. And if I can just have a little more faith, all these good things are going to happen. And there's an element of faith that is like that. There are things that we are powerless to change. There's things we can change in our own lives, but there is stuff out there that, that we and we can't change. And so we do bring those things to God in faith, believing that He can change what we can't. But the faith I'm talking about this morning is a faith that affects what we can change, what we can do in our own lives. See, so often I think faith is used in, in a way that if I have enough of this, it forces God to do what I want. I'm talking about a faith that's strong enough to change me into what God wants. A faith that modifies our response to the things that we experience in life. So we're going to go through life and experience a lot of hard and difficult things. But how I respond, I believe, is directly proportional to the amount of faith that I have in God and in His goodness and His ability to work in those situations and in spite of the difficulties that I face. Now I want to look at a couple examples from Scripture. We could look at a pile of examples of, of the people in Scripture that have been faithful and have demonstrated this. But I'd invite you to turn first of all this morning to uh, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12 I'd like to read verses 7 
through 10. And this is Paul speaking about some of his experiences. He was earlier speaking about the revelations that God had given to him. And starting in verse 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it should depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So Paul says here that he was given a thorn in the flesh to help keep him humble. And we don't know what, what this thorn in the flesh was. There's people that believe that it was a physical ailment uh, due to uh, what he said in another passage. People feel like that it had uh, was a problem with his eyesight. There's others who think it may have been some type of a spiritual battle, temptation that, that continued to plague him. And I don't know that that's that important for us this morning. No matter what it was, it was something that was very difficult for Paul. It was something that was, in his mind, it was limiting his ability to serve the Lord fully. It was impacting his life, his, his spiritual, uh, his ability to minister spiritually in a negative way. And he said, Lord, take it away. He pled three times. And God's response was, no, I'm not going to take it away because my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. So why, why wasn't this removed from Paul? Was it because he didn't have enough faith? No. I think Paul had faith, but it wasn't God's will. God had a different plan. The way Paul saw this struggle in his life did not line up with what God's plan was for Paul. It was God's purpose, or God had a purpose in allowing this ongoing struggle in Paul's life. God wanted to display His power through Paul in spite of the struggle, not by taking it away. So we see the struggle, and we see Paul's desire for it to be taken away. But then look at Paul's response to what God told him. That's where I believe we see Paul's faith in action is through his response to God. Paul's response was that he said that he would glory and take pleasure in his infirmities. Paul was saying that he was content with God's choice to allow him to experience ongoing suffering. But he wasn't just content to endure. Notice what Paul said. 
He went so far to say that he would take pleasure in his infirmities. That's faith in action. That's not just a, a uh, an acceptance that I don't like this, but it's what God says I have to do. It is embracing the fact that God says suffering is what I have chosen for you. Is our faith as strong as Paul's when we face difficulty in life? Maybe something that's an ongoing issue, an ongoing struggle. Does our faith move us beyond, move us to the point of acceptance and a desire that that the outcome of what we're experiencing would bring God honor and glory? Or are we so focused on ourselves that that's our main concern? See, I believe that Paul was to the point where he was willing to suffer because God said it's going to bring me glory. I'm challenged as I think about that. Does my faith move me beyond seeing only what's good in my eyes to embracing what God says is good from His point of view? Turn to another example in Genesis chapter 45. This is about Joseph. I'd like to read Genesis 45, 5 through 8. This is Joseph speaking to his brothers. Now therefore be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall be neither earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, the lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And we'll stop there. And that's just a brief window into... Joseph's experiences. This was him making himself known to his brothers when they had come down to Egypt to get food. But I wanted to look at this to see the level of acceptance that Joseph had for the difficult things in life that he had faced. He recognized that it was for the good of his family that he had went through all of this. And to also look at the forgiveness that he was able to extend to his brothers. And I believe that he was able to extend that, that forgiveness because he, through the eyes of faith, could see God's hand at work in all of these things. Joseph had been wronged tremendously by his brothers. I think sometimes these Biblical accounts, we read them, they're familiar to us, and we fail to grasp the full depth 
of what truly happened there. The wrongness and the violation that Joseph had experienced at the hands of his own own brothers, his own flesh and blood. They kidnapped him. They were planning to kill him, but instead they sold him as a slave into a foreign land. Took his, took his coat and bloodied it and took it back to their father and presented it as if a wild animal had killed and devoured their brother. Can you imagine the personal violation of that act and the way that Joseph probably felt the humility, the the uh, the hatred. But we also know from the account of Joseph that when he was sold as a slave and sent to Egypt, his problems didn't end. He was falsely accused even though he did what was right. Talk about something that could make you really bitter. You do what's right, and you're falsely accused and thrown in prison. Then the king's cupbearer was supposed to speak up for him and get him out of that place. And for two years, two years would be a long time to be sitting in a prison wondering how your life was going to end. But yet in the midst of all that, Joseph was able to come through without throwing in the towel, without giving up on God. And I believe it's because he had an extremely strong faith in God. He believed that in the midst of all this, God was his God. God cared for him and God was able to work in spite of these situations. I may be wrong, but I believe that if Joseph didn't have a strong faith in God, we would know next to nothing about Joseph because God couldn't have used him. If Joseph had allowed his circumstances to dictate his actions, God would have been unable to have used him. But because Joseph allowed God, his faith in God, to dictate his his actions in spite of the things going on in his life, God was able to use him powerfully. Joseph had every right, humanly speaking, to be angry with his brothers, to allow the hurt of these actions and and being imprisoned, etc., to, to just turn him into a very resentful and bitter person. But we don't read that that happened. Did he struggle? He was human, so I'm guessing that he probably did have his difficulties in his dark days. But in the end, he chose to, cho- he chose to place his faith and confidence in God. That's what made him into the man that God could use. Was it easy? No. But his faith in God gave him the strength to do what was not easy and to overcome. 
It gave him the power to choose the right attitudes. It gave him the power to choose forgiveness. It's just a remarkable, remarkable account of the difference that a strong faith in the sovereignty of God and God's goodness made in a man's life. Another account, and we're not going to turn to it, but one that stands out to me is a is a just a tremendous act of faith. And that is Daniel. Specifically the time that he was faced with the decree that if for for 30 days, I believe it was, that anybody that prays to anyone but the king is going to be thrown into the den of lions. A fast and sure death. And what did Daniel do? He went home. He went to his window that faced towards Jerusalem. He opened it and he knelt and prayed to God just like he always did. In spite of the fact that out there on the street were the men who intended to take him down and throw him to the lions. Why? Was he? Did he say, I'm going to defy the, the edict of the king? I, I'm, I'm going I'm to show him who I am. No. It was because he had a faith in God that said this is the right thing to do. It's not the easy thing. It's the right thing and I'm going to do it no matter what. His action was based in a faith in God that was stronger than the difficulty and the suffering that he was going to face. His faith in God was more important than any physical suffering that he might face to the point that it was more important than than preserving his own physical life. So here's three examples of men whose faith enabled them to overcome. Their faith wasn't some lofty idea that they talked about. It was something they lived. It was a faith that prompted them to do the right thing. It propelled them to take right actions and to have right attitudes. To be forgiving. Because of that, we see them as victorious. You see, rarely, rarely is doing the right thing and having the right attitudes towards difficult circumstances the easy thing. Rarely. And as I said earlier, we tend towards doing what's easy. So what's that say? We tend towards not doing the right thing. We need to have faith that helps us to see past the difficulties and the struggles. We need faith that helps us to see past the hard things. To see that God can use these difficulties for our spiritual good and growth if we but have the faith to do what is difficult. I hope all of you allow the Spirit to work in your heart today and to help you to think about areas in your life where maybe you need to do the hard thing through faith. 
But I thought I'd mention just a couple of things that came to my mind. And I chose the biblical example somewhat purposefully. But forgiveness. Forgiveness is a very, very hard thing. I've struggled with it. I know. Like Joseph, we may experience a wrong at the hands of someone else. That wrong could be in a physical way. It could be in a financial way. It could be in an emotional way. It doesn't matter. We're called to forgive. In fact, we're told that if we want God to forgive us, we have to forgive others. So I ask, is your, is your faith that God's way, that what God says in His Word is true and is best and will lead you in the right direction, is your faith in God strong enough to cause you to seek healing and forgiveness in relationships that may be strained or broken? Those things are hard. But God says, my people need to do them. And see, if we don't have a faith that what God says is true, we're going to avoid the hard things. It's when we have a strong faith that this is, this is the right thing that we'll pursue doing those things. What about giving up things in your life that you know may be hindering your relationship with God. Again, I know from personal experience, it can be hard to give up something that I know is not the best spiritual influence in my life. Maybe it's the music I listen to. Maybe it's being too wrapped up in following news or blogs, talk radio, etc. Maybe it's being too involved in following other people on social media that don't have the best influence on me. Some of those things are things that I've struggled with in my life. Some of these things become a part of our life and a part of our personal identity. It can be easy to be so involved in the, the news of the world, in the politics of this world, and you're the person that always knows what's going on, and it makes us feel good. It's part of our personal identity, and we don't want to give it up. But yet we come to the point where we realize that I'm giving that too high of a place in my life. It's having a negative effect spiritually. Are we willing? Do we have the faith to give up something that may even be a part of our personal identity because we believe that a close relationship with God, by faith we, we believe that a close relationship with Jesus Christ is more important than any of those things. If we don't have a strong faith, we're not going to do the hard things.
And what about accepting our circumstances in life? Can we, like Paul, find acceptance and joy in the difficulties that we face in life? Do you have the faith to accept that God's strength, that God's glory is often best displayed through our weaknesses and through our infirmities? That can take extreme faith. There's many people that don't have that kind of faith and they end up being bitter and resentful toward God for for what they're experiencing in life. But God says, I have a blessing for you and I have a way of glorifying myself to those looking on for the person who has experiencing difficult physical infirmities as long as they are committed to Him, as long as they are accepting and serving Him in spite of what they're going through. But that blessing is not going to be realized unless we face those infirmities with a strong faith in the goodness of God and His ability to work in those circumstances. So those are just a few examples and a few challenges for us. But our prayer needs to be that of the apostles and their response to the Lord Jesus. In Luke 17, 9, they said, The apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. I thought about that verse as I was somewhere along the line while I was studying and I looked it up. I thought maybe it could be a good verse to end on. So when you look at a verse like that, then you have to go back and look at the setting. What were they talking about? Why did What prompted the disciples to make that statement? And I found it interesting that it was the apostles' response to Jesus telling them to do something very difficult. Jesus had talked to them about forgiveness. And he said that if someone sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times comes back and repents, or comes back seven times and says, I'm sorry. And you know, after somebody offended you two or three or four times in a day, you'd, you'd start doubting their sincerity when they came back and said, oh, I'm sorry. But Jesus told them that if that happens seven times in a day, seven times a day you forgive. In other words, you just need to be ready to always forgive. And the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. I believe that the apostles recognized that faith was going to be the key. A, a strong belief that what Jesus was telling them was good was the key to doing that. So do we recognize that faith is, is the key to overcoming? The key to doing the hard things, the good things, the things that help us to grow spiritually. Remember that faith isn't some nebulous concept out there. It's a reality. Faith is also obedience. Faith is an action word. 
It's not a noun. It's an action word. Causing us to do what we know from God's Word, even when it's difficult, even when it goes against what our flesh desires. So Lord, increase our faith. May we have a song.